Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome to Unbuckled. I am your host, Christy Ann Bella, and we are unbuckling today uh, all of it, the universe. <laughs> I have my dearest, uh, darling, uh, lover, friend, uh, all around awesome person, the ninja whisperer, Adam Scott with me today. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, thank you for coming on. We we just have these brilliant conversations that unfold and it occurred to me that the whole world um, should hear this. That goes against my ninja code, but it's okay to break it. Once <laughs> I appreciate you. That's, you know, boundaries have some flexibility to them. So um, for those of you who have been listening and following me, um, you also have heard me talk about Adam and Marcin talk about Adam um, as he is my boyfriend. And so oftentimes his name comes up in the circles of our amazing adventures and wisdom and insight. Um, and we've, yeah, like, so I was, I was about to come out and tell you, I was like having this epiphany about um, the way, you know, stemming from a conversation we had earlier, the way in which we learn to define things and, and the idea of having this uh, like open-ended option to change your mind in the course of how you define something. Oh God, that's pretty important. <laughs> so, um, so you were sharing earlier about witnessing uh, somebody teaching someone the, the idea of danger. And you know, it's so funny when we were doing like our alone time, I hopped on TikTok and you know, the fucking first video that popped up was this like parental wisdom video talking about um, don't run after your kids saying, oh, you'll hurt yourself. Oh, be wow. careful. It was all about like how to talk. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because <sighs> that's how the universe works. Um, I'm glad someone knows that. So tell me your story about how you came to understand that there was something greater at work than just your brilliant mind. What do you mean? Um, brilliant mind. Well, cause you're a very smart individual. I mean, you're, you're oh, on, on okay. paper and in society, like you're, you're considered, you know, you were a teacher, like you're educated, you have, but you have this wisdom and knowledge, this like inner. Okay. I'll tell my yeah, story. Yeah. Um, and it's relevant for the topic today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess I was always kind of introspective. I have like memories of my grandmother yeah. who was always like talking about Zen with me and stuff. So I always thought about things, but I was very societally oriented. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm supposed to work hard and do my homework. So mm -hmm. I did. Right. Like I did the best I could and I got praised for it. And I was like, so in, in a way I sort of had that disadvantage. No, it gave me an, it gave me one wonderful advantage, which is it gave me confidence. The disadvantage was I had no life or mm. like I suppressed my own feelings and guidance, right. which is inherently extremely painful. And mm -hmm. um, but it was kind of like baseline painful. Right. So I wasn't really aware of that until later. So anyway, I became a teacher. And I wound up watching The Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore. Oh, yeah. And not that I particularly, I mean, I don't particularly recommend it. But at the time, it like, it actually put me in such a state of fear, which I don't recommend being in. But it right. put me at the time in such a state of fear that like I came home and all the lights are out. Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, we need to conserve electricity. Like, the <laughs> earth is dying. Um, but um, anyway... That led me on a path of like first searching for like ecological solutions. Right. And then it led me to like indigenous mm -hmm. wisdom. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, I just was absorbing everything I could. It was like, oh, there's actually like another, I mean, I don't, it's too much of a story to go into detail, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, that like the Native American and indigenous wisdom yeah. was what, like I was became super passionate about because it was like so different 
and different worldview to the point where I was so excited. I went like me being the most academic studious person. I was like seventh in my class in 2000. Like, and I only did that because I wanted to have some semblance of a life. So I wasn't like three or two or one. Mm -hmm. It was like, I had some boundary like inherently like, (laughs) no, I want to play volleyball. Like when I want it. So like, I'll be seven. Um, and that, and I'm not saying that's good. It was actually really stupid in some ways because like I was blind, like right now, like as a teacher, I would look at, I I was, I had grown at that point and I learned about like the low, the, the kids that would be considered lower were like the ones that were like, did not fit in. And that's a tremendous advantage, like to know yourself and to actually live a life. And like, I admire that. Like, I feel like, no, like people that struggle and that can't fit in are like, no, like you're the heroes. Like I was the one that had a problem. Like don't, you know, conforming. Yeah. But so, I mean, but when I was learning about indigenous society, it was at one point I went to my parents, Mm -hmm. specifically my dad. And I was like, so excited to share this knowledge. And boy, that was the first time they were like having none of it. And I was like, what is going on here? Like I've never been like, but rejected in a way and like attacked for it um but the good news my the plus was i had so much fucking confidence from all the praise that i'd gotten that i was like no i actually kind of know what i'm talking about like and it was it sucked we had like six one day we had like a six hour argument never again but um but it was like i had i had the reserves of confidence to like if, if it i feel like if I had started awakening as a child, mm-hmm. it would have in some ways destroyed me. Right. And I'm, I'm always amazed at all the people who like are awake and like, they don't like, they get hurt, but like, they don't give in. Like, I feel like it was for me, like, I, I don't know that I would have had like the strength until I was in my adult to wake up. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that because going against the grain is, and, and that's the thing when you actually, it, we're taught it as the concept of going against the grain of not like being in the flow or conforming, but really being in the flow is, is this inside trust, this inner compass that does not necessarily look like what everyone else is doing. And those people who are operating that way tell you that if, if you know, you're doing it some other way, you're going against the grain, but you, you have the inherent confidence yeah. already Right. From playing the game on their rules to then oh, go yeah. ahead and like break. And I won the game right. on their rules. Right. Like I became a teacher and to their dismay and panic, right. I was like walking away from that security. And like to them, it couldn't, it was like, I, they thought I was, lo- I walked away from my marriage. Like they thought I was losing my mind. And I was, I was gaining myself. <laughs> but I just had this funny thought as you were saying, going against the grain, I was like looking at the tree outside and I was like, well, if the tree is falling down, you probably want to go against the grain. Right. You know, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's I think the scary thing, right? To to, <laughs> to to have it from the outside look like you're losing your mind when you're actually gaining your soul, when you're actually gaining the the true wisdom, which is this, you know, however you want to look at it, heart centered soul source spirit self. Yeah. Fill in the whatever term <laughs> you feel comfortable. And like you know. There were things like that always bothered me deeply. Like I, I didn't have my own music that I liked. Like I didn't have my own taste in music or I didn't dance. And I was like kind of shy, but like during that seclusion time, it was like, as I, you know, was being attacked by my parents and like kind of lost to lose. I knew where I was going. Like some people losing what losing stuff is a perspective. Mm. So like I knew where I was going. But from one perspective, from my parents' perspective, I had lost everything. Yeah. So I agree with that. I did yeah. lose it. But I let it, you know, it was conscious. That is such a huge point, right? The, the choice to let things go yeah. and to realize that nothing is actually inherently lost. Like lost is a very linear term. Like you had something and now you lost it. But that really isn't, at least in my belief structure, how the universe works. Like the universe is a spiral. Everything circles around. It's yeah. all inherently connected. And you'll get it back. And, and it'll be better. Right. In another form. Right. You are actually a funny example of that. And you're uh, a wife and girlfriend's name too. So um, before I dated you, I dated someone I named that. Adam who was a musician who, yeah, who was from New York and like, and he was like a douche. And then, <laughs> you. and then you show up and it's like, yeah, like, yeah. And, and, this- and I dated just, this is amazing. 
I, my previous two relationships, my marriage was Crystal, and the relationship after that was Christine, and now Christian, dating Christy, <laughs> which is like, you know, not, I don't need any more. <laughs> yeah, but it is. I mean, and on. I can, do, I can bigger, go with other names. Right. Though. I mean, well, and I see it in so many things. Like, you know, like I had a massage therapist friend back in California that was like my neighbor. And now I have an acupuncturist friend that's my neighbor. Like, like we, you know, I, I turned down the opportunity to do a burlesque events once, once at a small studio um, in when I still lived in California. And then I had the idea to do it when I was out here and I got to do it at somebody's farm with a hot tub and a stage and like this whole thing, like it was like way better than it would have just been. I mean, it would, you know, so the ability to let go and the ability, sometimes we've come, I think we're sold on the idea of forever. Like I certainly was, I had to unlearn like forever in the sense that you, this like hoarding, like stranglehold on like, you know, I got something and now like I have to keep that, that happy feeling forever. Um, That's a, that comes from insecurity. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So unlearning, which that, is normal in right. the society, lack and insecurity pretty much drives. Everything. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> so yeah. So because I mean, it, it doesn't in your world, like your, your world, you truly live in a world of like balance and abundance. Well, you know, yeah. And, and I think like the indigenous understanding I got was like, they were teaching that. Yeah. And like, I am so fucking thankful to like what I learned from them because it was like, Oh, you could look at the world in a different way. Like for them, it was an abundant place. Yeah. And, and that, so the thing about changing your belief system or at least, okay, you don't even have to change your belief system, but you could entertain a different belief system. Mm. I think Einstein or someone really smart said, um, like brilliant minds entertain ideas. You don't necessarily jump to it. Like I'm a scientist. That's my training actually. So like, I'm like, okay, let's, what if the world isn't lackful? What if it is abundant? And that's a big jump, but like that alone opens up a pathway, which Mm -hmm. I found of like, I, as I was learning about indigenous stuff, I was like, and I've lost my, I didn't have my teaching job anymore. Um, I was like, okay, I want to learn plants. Like they knew plants. So now like, so if you have the mindset of lack, you could walk into a forest or a backyard and see like terror. If imagining that you don't have a supermarket or money, like terror and you could die like alone in the wilderness, but like, okay, I'm thinking there's abundance and the native Americans didn't feel that way. And they didn't do a lot of work. They lived in abundance and understood the earth. So I was like, I want some of that. And in my in my mind at the time, I was like, what if it was out of fear that I did this? But it doesn't need to be. I was like, what if the right. supermarket's closed? I'm useless. I have all this knowledge, but I'm fucking useless. So I was like, I want to not be useless. Learn plants. Like, yeah. save my family. <laughs> you know, that was like my survival mentality at the time. But like, but the point is, it got me to a place where like, I look out in the forest mm-hmm. and see a different, we're getting into the classes yeah. thing, like, I see a different reality. Like I could look at your lawn and find like, it looks like a salad bar and a medicine cabinet. And to someone else, it looks like annoying that they have to mow it every day to show the world that they're (laughs) in control of nature and they don't let it grow naturally. But like, I see a different reality. So that changes just that different thing. And then I have Mm -hmm. the confidence to say like, oh, wow, like now there's actually evidence that I've had people that are like, well, I'd never want to pick plant. I'd rather scrub toilets than like have to like pick stuff from the earth. <laughs> My best friend said this. And I was like, well, like, have you ever done it? Do you know anything about it? Yeah. He was like, no. And I'm like, well, I actually do know something about it. Like you're comparing, you're right. saying you don't want to do something and you don't know anything. Like yeah. I could show you, like, it's harder. I'm just, this is one example. Right. But like, just for one, this, I used to say the story at a, a workshop I used to mm-hmm. give, which is like, people don't know that like if you have a pine tree, which is like mm-hmm. one of the most common trees in the world, right. you could just soak it, the leaves, the needles in hot water. And that's five times the vitamin C in a, a glass of orange juice. Wow. So like the Indians gave that to the colonists yeah. when they had scurvy because they knew how to cure it. Yeah. And so like, but it's actually harder to go to work and be pissed off and have to deal with your boss mm-hmm. and then buy the orange juice. Like you could, the other reality from the different glasses is to like 
take off your sandals and walk on the grass and like pick right. something from the tree and then go inside and like feel replenished and mm -hmm. it's delicious. Who doesn't like pine smell? Mm -hmm. It tastes delicious too. Yeah. I, I love that so much. I love the, because I feel like with the idea, so we, <laughs> what spawned this was I sent him a text message. Here's a funny story. Okay. So typically we will check in with each other if we have like a story to share or a picture, like whatever, like our communication is like, Hey, are you like open to it? And so I actually was super inspired at this idea of uh, what the fuck is wrong with rose colored glasses. And I wrote you this whole thing and I was like, Oh shit. And I, cause I was about to hit send and I was like, Oh shit. I didn't ask you if you were ready to hear it. And I went to go and try to like, like delete and like do, and like do that first. And like, and my phone was like freezing. And I, and then the voice was like, it's okay. You can send this to him. Like, you know, um, and I did, and, and it, it was obviously well-received. The, <laughs> well, the funny thing is, my, okay, this is amazing. So um, my first reaction when I saw it, I was like, I, um, I, I, I just got yesterday coined the, the phrase ninja. But <laughs> like, I was like, I don't want to do it. I feel like I'm not going to gain anything from it. Mm. And then I read what it was about, and I was like, oh, it actually does feel fun. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> And then, um, and then I went later that afternoon to do a float and in the float in the area where they have like merchandise for sale was a rack of different colored glasses that you could buy for color therapy. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, you know, I hope everyone, people benefit from this. We haven't even started yet. But. Uh, but yeah, you know, this idea of rose colored glasses is often given this negative context that you're looking at the world not how it is and like hiding from stuff. And, you know, you're talking about the ability of, yeah, you started on a pathway of learning that maybe was uh, some of the catalyst for that was fear, but ultimately you learn to understand this love and trust of yourself and the universe. Yeah. And, and that is like real rose colored glasses in the sense of seeing the world in a way that like things are happening for you and with you. Yeah. As opposed to and I think this is a funny, this is probably yeah. the most valuable point, but like, uh, you know, it's not just about the fear or about the skills, like through that, it was painful for me and fearful. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't have to be that way. I, I would teach it without those things. Yeah. But, um, but like it actually, like I said, I wasn't really in my body and my mm -hmm. mind was like control, you know, my beliefs and my right. mind was controlling my life. And like my parents actually said, it's like you have a little policeman in your head. And because they weren't even as good a student I was, like right. no one was pressuring me besides me yeah. to do these things. But at, when I started changing and learning, which seemed obvious to me, like not to my parents, <laughs> like I, st I learned things like I started dancing. Like just I would, I would watch this anime by myself and like it was like this racing anime and it, yeah. it was like this euro beat like beat dance music would come on and like the most amazing thing happened and it never happened before like i had the urge to get up and like get out of my bed i was all by myself right. like no no path yeah, yeah. no exact path where to go like in my room and i was like my body wanted to dance and and i did and like and i started like singing and it was like hard to let myself, but I did, yeah. I gave myself permission. And like, and then like I spent months all by myself exploring like nineties indie music and finding music that I loved. And it was like, I was completing. So like, it's not just about survival or right. it, it's kind of like being like whole, like I'm, I'm actually like writing a book now. And like the point of it, it's like probably seven pages. That's all, <laughs> but it's like that my mind was, and most people live in like a mental world. Right. And then like, but I introduced like my body mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. into it and like then yeah. spirit, which is like your intuition or whatever right. you, you call it, whatever you want. Trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like now they don't, it's not like the mind is bad. Right. It's just like my mind said to my body, like, I'm sorry. Like I didn't know, you know? Yeah. And, and it was like, you know, and, and it was mm -hmm. like, please, I remember like having, I was having like, part of being spiritual to me is just letting yourself do crazy things. Yeah. So I'm having a conversation with myself and it was like, I remember the moment it was like, please don't do to me what I did to your body. It was like, I understand my mistake. So I feel like that's, that's like, I call it like um, mentality, like 2.0. Yeah. 
It doesn't have to be like, shut your mind off. It's like your mind can realize what its job is and your mind can consciously appreciate your body and intuition and be like, your mind can realize it doesn't know everything. And your mind can realize it can't know everything. And like that, you know, that's such yeah. a good glasses introduction. <sighs> right. It, it's, I see it. I've seen it in my own life and, and I see pieces of it in, that uh, I work with is is this want for control um, and so much is is thinking is thinking that you can think your way into controlling something by by knowing everything there is to know about it and so something mm-hmm. we've been kind of talking about this this weekend as we've been hanging out is um, I, I've been really awakening to this this biblical idea of like the the apple and knowledge, and that once we know something, um, and so the idea of sin is this idea of separation, and so you know I gave a really like neutral example of like you know if I look outside right now and the way the sun is shining I'm like oh that is a different shade of green do you see this shade of green that I pointed out to you and and maybe you see it. Um, and now we've decided that we know something and we've, we've, we've created it and it'll have a story and it'll have energy and it'll have all these things. But when we do that in our life with stuff that is challenging, then we want to try to control the knowing, you know, so if something uncomfortable comes up and, and let's say now you, you know about a car accident because you've been in one, um, And so if every time you see a car, you have a reaction and you want to try to control that by like avoiding cars, you know, (laughs) there's like, there's a discourse that comes and that's this idea of, of sin is to me, just a separation. It's a separation from yourself. And then in that moment you, you judge that thing. Um, And, and, you know, it's really hard to be in a state of trust and love if you're judging something like, I, I don't think they can, they can exist together. Yeah, I, I, I just want to add to that. Like when I started waking up and becoming spiritual, I, I said there were two phrases that I purged from my vocabulary okay. because my brain realized that they're wrong. Like so judge, judging, or be- the idea of better than. I mean, and it's not like, it, it's like that something is inherently better than something else. Like I'm better than that other person. Like, because you can't know it's totally arbitrary. Like something is more important than like, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. you actually don't know what's more important. You don't know what's more important. You don't know what's right for them because you don't know everything about their life. So it was like, it was like logic 2.0. It was like, Oh, like, so I, that's actually just bullshit. And then the other one was judging. And should, mm. should was the other one. So it was like, because again, it's like, I don't know what they should do. I don't know the right course of action. And like, so I'm going to purge that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. I actually, it's on my log to do an episode on better is bullshit and like dismantling perfectionism. Um, so it's funny that you said that. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's not like, it's not like, you know, I have the example, like if you have a screw using a hammer, it's not better than using a screw gun, but like, you don't necessarily want to be judging, you know, it's a judge, the judgment that we don't want. Right. It's, it's not the awareness that like, there is something that helps facilitate the the path of least resistance, you know, um, like lube. It's like, (laughs) like there are certain things that it's just, it will make stuff glide easier, but there's no reason to, you know, to, to say that something without this is, yeah, is good or bad. It's the minute that you start to, to, to label it as something, um, labeling this experience as as almost like this hierarchy of. Yeah. yeah. And like, if someone's having experience and you say they shouldn't have that experience, Mm -hmm. like, again, you actually don't know what they need to experience or what good they Mm -hmm. might be there's the rosy colored glasses, right. like what good they might be getting out of it or like why they might need that experience to learn something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't know, so you can't <laughs> judge it. And if you realize you don't know, then like it's all the better for you. Oh, I love that so much. And so I, 
one of the things I love about you, um, and I've gotten to experience and play with you with, is how you've combined this insight with uh, your background in martial arts and actually um, teaching how to move the body and be aware and in this sort of like dance of boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I think once you get to, I mean, I'm a second degree black belt, but I don't even consider that my real training because like, I studied that. That's just the introduction for me. Like I studied like real Aikido and I don't even have a degree in it, but like I had a friend who we trained for like years, every single day, just talking about stuff and experiencing emotions together. And anyway, what you learn in like high level martial arts is that force doesn't work and you could prove it showing with the body but that's really what it's about. And that's what like really high level practitioners of Aikido understand. And that's the way most of the world is operating. Like I need to change this about the world. So that's an, that's an assumption. Um, like most an assumption this society is operating on is for me to be happy. I need to change these things about the world. So now I'm completely disempowered because yeah. I now I'm frustrated because like I am struggling to change six other billion people. And that's hard. <laughs> you know, most of them don't listen good. And so like, it's a struggle and it's frustrating. But the other assumption that you could um, analyze or like uh, explore mm-hmm. is like, if the force doesn't work, then you could kind of change yourself. That's uh, and it seems so obvious and yet it is one of the hardest things to do because I and I still catch myself sometimes wanting to change outside rather than like fix inside to be like oh this thing bothered me like you know (laughs) how can I make it not bother me anymore instead of being like well why did it bother me and 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 how if it comes into my world can I integrate it as opposed to trying to like yeah, for, force it to do something. Yeah. Than what it is. And like for me as a, uh, like, you know, I'm putting my fingers in the quote mode, like privileged right. white male, I've had to purge like the most disgusting beliefs anyone could ever imagine. Like vomity. I had to go to the rainforest and take like ayahuasca and like vomit pure fucking evil out and like see and like help me mm-hmm. be in touch with myself. But, um, yeah, like there's there's a lot to I forget where I was going with it. I'll remember. <laughs> there's um there's a tremendous amount to to kind of have to purge mm-hmm. with that. I, I had a point. I forgot it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, you know, it, literally the the caterpillar. I had caterpillar infestation in my yard uh, a couple days ago, and it was crazy because I I had somebody here, and they were doing uh, inner child stuff and we went outside to burn things and they were talking about how they they really don't cry and they cannot cry in front of other people and the little boy next door came outside and started screaming and crying at the top of his lungs we're doing the burning ceremony we're done with the burning ceremony the kid stops crying all of a sudden there's like sounds of laughter the next morning i get up and there's caterpillars so much so all over my yard that the grass looks like it's moving it was crazy I like I was like oh my god this looks like I'm on drugs or something like the grass is like moving there's like millions so many caterpillars um and I was like yeah you know we all like the metaphorical idea but like literally the caterpillar has to be destroyed it like implodes on itself (laughs) in order to become the butterfly like there has to be this willingness to let the old version of you die like you did like you you know the the story about being a a teacher under the context the the marriage story like so many things and that was something that marcin and i loved about you because he and i had a similar parallel in being married opening up our marriage discovering these new insights about ourselves moving on leaving that relationship and that was a lot of your trajectory as well and that are you know we all connected um in this new place that we otherwise couldn't have. Like we were talking yesterday about like knowing people and you're like, Oh, I wouldn't meet this person now. Like, <laughs> like my, my energy just wouldn't attract certain things into it. Yeah. I don't know. That wasn't really a question. That was just like, 
I'll have something to add. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, you know, one of the gifts I've certainly gotten is, is learning to trust myself and that cannot come from the outside because like you were saying earlier, like you didn't know what music you liked. You, you know, we, when we're given knowledge, it's great. It's, you know, it is a wonderful stepping stone, but there has to be something about like your understanding. It's not about knowing it. It's not about having this like for sure fact because that doesn't exist, but there's an understanding of what resonates with you. And that's, you know, and that's part of discovering the things that you enjoy in life and and the play that you enjoy experiencing. Yeah. I I think for me, like no matter how painful it got, I never doubted it. I was never like, I don't know if I want to do this because everything I grew into or changed or discovered like made me a happy person. And I was like, there was never any doubt. It's like, oh, this is, you know, this is all good. Yeah, that was definitely not my, <laughs> I definitely fought myself a lot of the way because familiarity and comfort. And so there's, you know, now I'm to the place where like, I like it. Like I like, yeah. I kind of like get off on it when I'm like, oh yeah, some shit's about to get rebirthed. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think for me, it was my background. Like the, yeah. I'm going to say privileged, right. just, just yeah. to use like the generic term, but like privileged white male, successful, like I beat the American system. And then it was like, I let it go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was like, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's important to be able to, to own the labels that society wants to give you and then kind of flip the script on it. Um, and I love the way that you do, you've done that. You've taken, you know, all of these things and, and like turn them into tools instead of um, having to be a part of like a machine <laughs> that's like using your energy. You, you've learned because of that ninja is, is how to play with the energy and how yeah. to have energy as like momentum with you. And I think just yeah. as an example, like for society, uh, like a lot of people, like let's say with racism, they want to eliminate racism in the world. So everyone right. could look at it and say, Oh, now there's no racism. We're all happy. But it, again, it's a force thing. And let's just, I'll just put out the spiritual principle, which is what you fight against. You can't fight fighting with fighting. Right. It, it's actually still fighting. Yeah. Um, you could work that out on your own. <laughs> like you can't judge judging or right. you're still judging. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's so important for people to, to realize. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, oh, can I say? Yeah, one yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, like, let's say with race, just getting back to the racism thing, like one way to try to find happiness is to eliminate all racism. So now you're a crusader, right. but now you have to ask yourself: This is what I do, and just to say for me, like I've never had it not show immediate amazing results that change mm-hmm. my reality or life. Which is like, do am I hating racists? Because racists hate other people. Am I hating haters? And most of the time, the answer is yes. And if you're listening, like you could check in and be like, no, I'm just angry at them. That's that's another thing. So like now, instead of having literally no power, because Mm -hmm. you don't have power over what someone else does, it could be very frustrating. You now have power over yourself to say like, oh, like I can actually do something about that. I'm hating people. Mm -hmm. Like, am I a hater? Am I someone Right. who is born into this world hating? Is that my true nature? Yeah. Or am I someone who like is different than that? And now you have control. So like, and if you work on that, just decide because you actually do have power there. Like if you decide to work on like, oh, because whenever I find that garbage in myself, I'm like, right. wow, I'm fucking judging the shit out of that person. Like, let me like take a look at that. Yeah. And I stop, the situation changes around right. me. And it, it's amazing. Love, love wins. (laughs) I mean, and it, you know, and it's not some like romantic notion. It's like this, when I feel led by love and I feel like I'm not operating from a place of fear, there is just this grace and ease, this level of 
peaceful comfort that that I just, you know, I feel connected. I feel like there, there's nothing that I'm not. And so whatever it is, is exactly what it's supposed to be. And it's okay. It's okay that I don't have it all figured out. And it's okay that I don't understand it. I'm, you know, this is like part of, of my experience. And the more I want to make it something else, the more messy it gets versus just being able to, to sit with it and, and, yeah. and have that embrace. And you it. could actually work it out with examples, like logically, yeah. like, let's say you talk, I'm talking about racism again, and I find myself hating racists, which is normal. I mean, don't judge yourself for it. Right. That's just make it worse because like you are where you are and right. you, the emotions that you're feeling is the emotions you're feeling. There's nothing, that's what it is. Yeah. But if I'm hating someone, what's that going to do to the other person? Will that create love in them or will that make them now maybe hate you back or hate other people more right. or for them to dig in? So like mm-hmm. without realizing it, it sort of inflames the situation right. where like imagine like hypothetically, if you can like understand where that person's coming from, not condone it. You know, I'm not it just just right. this is all inner work. Yeah. Like I kind of have an understanding now you see, yeah, it's not OK. But that person is in pain. And it's not, you know, I'm not saying anything right. about the situation's okay. But I'm saying, like, you have, like, a spark in you of, like, there's a situation that no one understands. Probably, maybe no one can even solve it through their mind. Right. But, like, I know that they're, the, these two people are both in pain. And that makes you, like, step back. And it's not like, oh, you're a that's like a factual thing just to realize that that person's in pain and the person that they're terrorizing is also in pain. And like in that moment, you are not feeding the situation with more pain. You know, like that's like a little spark that you could add. And even in that, like you have the smallest chance of like kind of having someone relate to you in a different way because like everyone is psychic and even like, even if you're not running into racists all the time, like that, you know, are you, are you like spreading love right. or at least a little compassion or are you spreading like more hate? Mm-hmm. You know, it actually does something like if you, like if, if, if pretty much everyone can relate to this, like in a family situation, if you're like annoyed and frustrated with your mom and, and then if you step back and you realize like, oh, like she's a wounded person with her beliefs and her mom did this to her. Like the next time you see your mom, it's going to be different. Like you're going to have a different look in your eyes. Like you might be a little annoyed, but you might have like a little love in there too. And like, she's going to be a different person. And like, it's, so that's what like I mean about like rosy colored glasses. Like, because just, just looking at that through that different Mm -hmm. like perspective gives a different result. And now your life is different. Like you can have, a connected moment like maybe your mom will open up and be like yeah it was really hard for me when i was growing up too and like it could be a moment right. because you're open because like you're seeing her in a different way she's going to show up different reacting to you so yeah looking and, through the lens of love is, is, and it's not yeah. like idealistic or you know it, it's actually like practical it's practical not not naive like yeah. oh no this is bad all the time well you could look at it like that, but that's still a judgment. Right. And if you're, if you're on logic 2.0, you know that, like, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge the judging. <laughs> you don't know. Um, like, it makes perfect sense from her mm-hmm. perspective why she's doing that. She can't yeah. know any better, and neither can you. Like, anytime, like, I never beat myself up over anything. Like, and realizing all this garbage that was in me, it was like, I never attacked myself for it because I was like, I knew how I was raised. And I was like, oh. I couldn't have known any better. Right. So I was like, but now I do. And it's great. You know? Yeah. There's empathy and vulnerability, you know, that, that is like, if there was a, a scientific recipe for love, it would be something, you know, like empathy squared times vulnerability equals love. <laughs> because yeah, when you're able to have empathy for the, the humanness that we're all experiencing um, and you're willing to be vulnerable to, to share and see that 
that, you know, it applies to all of us. Like there's, you know, we want to feel that empathy just as much as we want to give that empathy. And, and the vulnerability becomes tricky because if we're, if we're withholding that empathy, then we're afraid other people aren't going to have that acceptance for us. And so the, the, the not want to be vulnerable, but the vulnerability is like a key piece in feeling that, you know, cosmic love, divine love, holy love. Yeah. And it, I guess it was nice for me in particular being a martial artist because mm-hmm. I was, I never, I had that vulnerability trained out of me. Or I'm not saying it was healthy, but it was like, oh, I yeah. beat up someone if they attack me. But it became much more balanced than that. But yeah. Well, and again, you know, but everyone should do whatever they need to do mm-hmm. to feel safe and to feel secure and to feel like worthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, to me, safe is there's, there's only so much, I don't know that I, you know, I, I feel like I trust, I don't know if I necessarily feel safe to me sometimes can get controlling, like trying to manipulate something to feel safe is not um, like a word that you want to be striving for because in safe, you're imagining the things that you're safe from, which is kind of imagining the things that are scary to you. Right. So like, it's sort of, it's, it's from the lower half of the emotional scale, mm-hmm. the safety thing. Because, like, it, safety is coming from fear. Right. And that's okay if you're scared. Like, yeah. do what you need to do to feel better. Mm-hmm. But just know, like, it's not, it's not happiness when you're focusing right. on safety. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there is another way to, to not just, like, look at something. But it is an embodiment. It is, like, this. Okay. This, yeah, feeling of... Mm-hmm. So I, I want to say this because yeah. like a lot of people could say like, well, if you neglect, if you're just happy, well, these bad mm-hmm. things can happen to you and now you're an idiot. <laughs> so, but I so I want to talk about the principles of that. Yeah. So first, like, let's say you watch the news so many hours a day. Um, when you're in a state and it puts you in fear, let's, because how could it not? Um, I want to meet the person who puts them in love, <laughs> but like, if you're, if you're in a state of fear, what fear actually does, and this is science. Like I read this in a book about brain and news and fear. And like the people that do the programming for the news, I don't like conspiracy stuff. I don't even like to focus on those people, but they actually know. And it's known through science that when you're in a state of fear, the logical reasoning part of your brain shuts down. So they actually purposely want you in fear because you're it's like mind control or society control one-on-one i mean and they do it because they think it's for your best good maybe but um because you're more susceptible to listen to what they want you to do when you're in a state of fear so that concept that i'm gonna like look at something that terrifies me to feel safe is actually shutting down the very things that you need to actually think clearly and be safe so that you could think about that and the other one is that and like, if you're in a state of happiness and, and this is why my science, my scientific stuff comes through. It's like, try it out. Don't take my word for it. Like see if you get better ideas and intuitions about things that are better for your life when you're happy. So my advice for someone listening in that's skeptical and that's okay. Yeah. Like everyone's, you have, you can't just make the jump, but like do an experiment, see how it works. Like if you, let's say you watch the news an hour a day and then you're in fear so much, like try just as an experiment watching the news. Like, you you know, if you stopped watching the news right away, you might go into more fear because like you'd panic. Like I need to know who's going to attack me. (laughs) And and like, that could be worse. Like, don't do that. Don't get off of your medications because like you're scared, you know, like, but like try like with the news, it's not going to kill you. If you don't watch the news, let's say you, now you watch for 15 minutes or for like 15 minutes less, you watch for 45 minutes and then you consciously decide I'm going to just sit outside and look at the clouds. Like give, try it as an experiment, like tip the scales a little or pet my cat or meditate and like see, see if that has an effect on your life. And I guarantee it will. But like, and then go from there, like, just see what happens, do the experiment, entertain, yeah. like, tr- because no one in the news is saying like, oh, we've done a study on what happens if you watch less news or <laughs> are in less fear. Like, no one's telling you that it's good for you, right. but try it out. Yeah. You know, like, 
entertain the idea. Yeah. Entertain the idea, like do an experiment. Like no, no one's going to think like, well, if I I might miss something that's going to kill me in that 15 minutes, like you could probably not do the 15 minutes and be okay. They repeat their stories. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it goes back to the idea of, of control and knowledge that, you know, somehow if we just had enough information, we could be prepared, but then that's, since most of us, you know, I, I feel like I've pulled myself out of that fucking equation, but uh, since a lot of society in this spiral of, of thinking, yeah, that, that the more they think about the problem, the better equipped they are, but actually that's counterproductive and, and the ability to, to not feed those gremlins and, and to have a, yeah. a peaceful state of mind. Yeah. And as I was thinking of the, the rosy colored glasses right. thing, what I think, because a lot of people will say, like, oh, are you going to bury your head in the sand right. about this? So, first of all, like, what if there's a person that chose not to watch the news? So they're, like, are, first of all, are we allowed? Right. Is that a rule that you have to watch the news? Are Judgment we required, again. like, in, yeah. to be in school? <laughs> like, but, like, are you going to go up to that person and say, like, oh, you're burying your head in the sand? Like, that's... You know, are you required to be watching that? Like, what if you chose to take a break? Like, are we mm-hmm. allowed to do self-care? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, so with the rosy colored glasses, like, I think what people don't realize is that when, if you, I'm just using the news as an example, because yeah. it, it's like the way people look at the world. If you want to see, like, if most people want to see, what the world looks like, they will look through the portal of what the news tells them yeah. the world looks like. And then that becomes what the world is yeah. because you don't know anything else. And it's okay because that becomes your world. But I think what people don't realize is that like they say, Oh, you're, you know, you have rosy colored glasses or you're an idealist or you're in denial or yeah. you're not looking at reality. Well, the other people have like shit colored glasses. <laughs> Like, if I'm going to bury my head in the sand, they're actually burying their head in shit, Mm -hmm. like, of negative, horrible things. And that becomes the... But so many people agree with that, that they actually have assumed that that is the world. And, like, when you do that, it's hard to see all the other beautiful things that you might be missing. Right. The going against the grain again, or, go, you know, this idea of conforming to, to something, or trying to to do it a different way and and if you're exploring thinking and acting and behaving in a way that isn't uh the way you're witnessing the majority of people do it then there's this anxiety that you're doing it wrong or you know the judgment kicks in but really um really you have this opportunity to to tap into you know a, a deeper wisdom that is this, this inner love guidance, this inner love compass that allows you to navigate this world in a way of, of trust that, you know, that you could walk her out right now. And I've watched you do it. Like even today, you like, you were sitting outside and you're like, I got a bug bite. And then you came in with like some plant thing that you pulled out of my yard and yeah. you were like smearing it on yourself. <laughs> it was yeah, awesome. it works. Yeah. Plantain, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so we have, we have uh, about a little less than 10 minutes left. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah so rosy colored glasses well all right i guess what's yeah no what what's your final final thoughts on on how to embrace maybe like what what is a way to embrace or practice this yeah 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 i would say and this is what we talked a little about the emotional scale like notice where you are on the emotional scale at any time are you in fear are you in annoyance are you in overwhelmment are you just in happiness are you in love? Like whatever. And it's all okay because you are where you are. And like, let's say you're someone that's been like watching the news and you're like legit in fear in that moment. Like first don't beat yourself up for not being in love and don't try to jump to love right away. Like there's a couple of things you can do if you want to try the method. Like, so one is like, let's say, you know, there's a, there's an assumption in society, like, you need to focus on things that make you scared or that feel emotionally bad to be happy. Just like being in school, like you need to, to be a productive citizen. You need to put in the work and labor and do things so you could be happy later, but no one teaches being happy now. And it turns out when you get to later, you're not very good at being happy in the moment oh, anyway. So good. 
So I would say, like, be nice to yourself and wean yourself. Like, don't stop watching the news altogether because you might go into more fear. Like, but give yourself 10 minutes right. less and then, like, pet your cat for 10 minutes and just see how you feel. See what thoughts come up. See how your day changes. See how your yeah. relationships change. Yeah. See how you feel in your body. See how your skin looks. Like, right. you might have – do your hair for 10 minutes instead. Like, whatever. Um, and then – let's say you are in fear, don't try to be in love. Go for like frustration or, or actually, no, actually that's not totally true. If you're in fear, you want to be in anger because like fear is total powerlessness. Like if you say like, I'm scared, I, I don't know what to do. I have no power or like, you know, insecurity, those feel terrible. Like you could go to blame from there. Like, be, be okay with yourself. Be like, it's not my fault. Like it's their fault. And then be angry, you know? And like, I've gone through months of being angry and that's like, but the, the thing is anger, everyone knows being in anger feels better than being in fear and insecurity. Like, and right. say to yourself, like, I'm not wrong. The society will tell you don't be in anger because they don't want you kind of be empowered in a way. Like they'll tell you, don't be angry. You should, you know, be yeah. in love. But like, you need to be, if you've, like anger mm-hmm. feels better. Do a little bit what feels better. Yeah. Be in anger and don't necessarily be in fear. And then you could be after anger's done, you'll right. just be frustrated. Yeah. And like that feels better than anger. You know, so like be nice to yourself and don't expect like to make the jump all at once. I love that. That is like a perfect And then you have your own glasses. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. see how it looks. Like look yeah. how it looks through your own glasses. Mm-hmm. Like it won't be what someone else looks mm-hmm. like. It won't be mine. Yeah. You know, you'll have your own perspective, but you'll be like being a scientist and an <laughs> engineer. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love you. Thank you for coming on Thank and you. sharing and talking and, and hanging out and being here with your insight. And yes, we've got two minutes. So um, yes, here we are. This has been my my darling love, dear boyfriend, Adam Scott, <laughs> who I have dubbed the Ninja Whisperer. <laughs> And it really does suit you because it's like ninjas are, but it's like to be able to whisper to, to the ninja level of like yeah. emotional intelligence and like an animal spirit energy. Yeah. <laughs> and really I think works. you, people might not realize it, but like the whole entire time I've been talking, I'm not angry right. at society or anyone. Yeah. I'm just like, I like to be factual and it's like, just, there's not a lot to argue with mm-hmm. because I don't like to argue people that argue they'll always win because they're really good at it. It's the fighting always, again. Yeah. yeah. Just like you, you know who you are and you understand how you see things in your observation and you align with, with what is, yeah. Yeah, is meant, to, meant to be. And one minute to go. So I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and this has been unbuckled, unbuckling the wonders of the universe. And I hope you have a glorious day wherever it leads you. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.